It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Get out your phone and wake up, son. Wake up, wake up, wake up. You know, it's important stuff going on here. Checking the newswire. Welcome to the Stock Car Show presented by the fine folks at HMS Motorsport where they are the leaders in motorsport safety. HMSmotorsport.com is their website. My name is Tom Baker. I am the host of this show, and I am joined by my crew, and they are comprised of Jacob Seelman, to my left at the round table, managing editor of RaceChaserOnline.com. We are inside the PMN Race City USA Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. We are joined by... The other two members of our crew for this evening, we have Rens Brown from the West Coast and Cisco Scaramuza from the Indianapolis area. That would be the Midwest. Which just sounds cool. Well, I didn't want to say Midwest because Indianapolis sounds more impressive if it's a racing show. And then behind the glass today, we have Hunter Yancey. Actually, you lied. Controls. No, and you lied. Joseph, <laughs> well, we, we have Joseph sitting in and learning No, today. no, Hunter no, he's not teacher. learning. He's actually the one pushing the buttons. Hunter's well, yes. telling him which Hunter buttons is, to push. Yeah, Hunter is teaching him. So we have, uh, it's, it's great to have, uh, and of course, both of them uh, from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. We just, uh, we get great students from there and really enjoy working with all of the uh young folks and not so young folks who uh, come in from CSB to work with us. Wow. Geez, why don't we just get to talking, talking about racing before Can you we? just, y- y- you're just already on a downhill spiral here and no, I don't know not. what to do. I'm with introducing you. our cast. You're, just be patient. Y- 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 you I know can, where I'm going. Yeah, but you just called yourself old. You understand. This, I am right? old. I'm also <laughs> balding and I'm fat. You know what? It's just part of it. Let's get to the race. <sighs> talk. Fresh off the newswire. <laughs> yeah, we, we, where do we want to start? Well, we we start with the big story from today. From today, and then we're going to go to the slime. big story from yesterday. No, the big story from today involving r- new rules. Oh, motors for next year. Yeah, or, I'm, or, I'm or in, less motors. I'm interested in the motor situation because. For those of you who are going, okay, what did NASCAR do now? Jacob's going to tell you. Oh, <laughs> gee, thanks, Tom. All You're right. Welcome. That's what I got you here for. Here's the deal. We're talking about motors, y'all. I know that. Just give the details, will you? Okay. So NASCAR released a rules bulletin about two hours ago that is comprised of the following change for 2018 in 13 Monster Energy and NASCAR Cup Series races next year. Teams will be required to present a sealed motor, small, uh, not small block, that's modified, short block motor, with which they have already run a race weekend earlier in the season. So basically, for those who are like, what? I'm confused now. I'll simplify it like this. Basically, NASCAR is requiring 13 of the team's motors for the season to be run in a minimum of two races next year. They'll seal. You'll choose 13 race weekends where after that weekend, your motor will be sealed, and then you have to reuse that motor without tampering it later in the year. It's a cost cutter. Any other races, you can use new motors. But for those 13 races... 
you have to use motors that you've previously used and had sealed by NASCAR. So basically, instead of 36 new motors, Tom, we're cutting it down to 23. Well, and of course, for those trying to count, the plate races, you're running a long block. That is correct. So you're able to, that doesn't fall under this particular rule. They're trying to right. apparently limit the number of short block motors that each team now, has. Now, here's the deal. You must use a sealed long block motor at both the Clash at Daytona, which will be your long block motor from the fall Talladega race, and the All-Star race. Okay. So those two races, you have to reuse a motor now as well. The non-points races, which makes sense to me. Basically, your Talladega motor from the playoffs goes to be used for next year's clash. Okay, so for those of you out there listening who are are completely confused, just don't worry about it. All you need to know is (laughs) NASCAR just cut the cost of engines by about 10 or 12. Or 13. Yeah, something in that area. So that's a, that, that can't be a bad thing. Now, it's never a bad thing. Now let's get to the big news from yesterday because... Oh, you mean we're not even going to talk about slime we'll and get Bubba there. Wallace? We'll get there. Oh, okay. I've got it. I've got, we'll get there. We'll, but I was excited about Bubba. Well, just contain your excitement for a little bit. I want to talk about the Flying 11 because the Flying 11 wasn't legal in either race. Actually, it was the Flying 11 in one race and the Flying 18 in the yeah, other. Yeah, whatever. But. Denny Hamlin DQ'd out of both races for the same basic infraction. Rear suspension. What is going on with okay. this stuff? Here's the deal, and I'll, I'll let Rents get in on this too. And number one, I disapprove of your choice of words because if he were, as you say, disqualified, he would have been completely stripped of the win. That's which is true. another Which gri- is how which it is another should be. gripe I have let with me, NASCAR. Let me start over. Denny Hamlin... The, he's been encumbered or cucumbered. or cucumbered, as I like to say. He's been put it, it, We just put the win over here in a lockbox and it doesn't count for anything. You get all the money, you get the trophies, but you don't get to use the win in the playoffs and you lose a bunch of points and your crew chief suspended. And yeah, see, here's the big thing. All the things for, that don't really matter. Well, no, for me, I think Mike Wheeler being off the pit box for two races, especially the regular season finale and the playoff opener, is a lot bigger than people are making it. Because, oh, well, Joe, we'll Joe Gibbs Racing is a deep organization. Mike Wheeler can still send tax messages. I well, mean, I you know, just, you know, you know what's really deal. interesting is that Chris Gabehart is actually going to be the crew chief for the next two races that, on top that of the eleven. Not pit really box. necessarily a step down, but keep going. <laughs> no, it, it's not necessarily a step down at all. This is a smart boy. Yeah, and Joe Gibbs Racing is not appealing this because, as Jimmy Maycar said on Sirius XM earlier this week, they screwed up. They did not allow enough extra tolerance in their measurements. Basically, what they did is they pushed the rear suspension right to the limit of what's allowed in the rule book. And because there's additional wear and tear and movement, because you get Darlington stripes once in a while on Smack the rear the of the car. When you're doing your uh, burnout. Well, race, but okay. or that. But Denny did tag the wall at one point during the race, which also aided in that, too. Uh Basically, what it comes down to is they didn't allow for the extra wear, tear, and movement in 
the rear housing of the car that comes with running a race at Darlington, and as such, they were found illegal when the car got back to the R&D center. Okay. Now, I want to add something to that real quick before you go anywhere else. That brought Jimmy Maycar to bring up the point that he feels that post-race inspection should be completed within a couple hours after the race and not have the cars settle and brought back to the R&D center and allow for potential movement and then recheck them and find illegal stuff, which is something that I hadn't really thought about. But I'm almost inclined to say he might be on to something there. He may have a point in terms of the issues of tolerances and such. Yeah. But as far as parts themselves, there were it was you it, can it was not it was know, not about I illegal know, parts. But I know. Okay. But you can bring it back to the R&D center and look for things that don't settle or don't have anything to do with tolerances, but right. I do agree right with this, what, what he said about This was all race. about tolerances. Yes. So Rents Brown, I'll bring you in. Apparently, the 22 Xfinity team. Exact same thing. Had the same issue, proving that NASCAR is not biased against Toyotas. <laughs> no, there's a lot of things that go into it. Obviously, Darlington doesn't help anyone's case for any rear end suspension pieces because you slap the wall so much. You might as well, you know, just take that into account. What my big penalty is going into this weekend is not the 11 nor the 22 in the Xfinity series. It's the 88 because also announced yesterday that Greg Ives is suspended for Richmond Raceway this upcoming week for not having improper lug nuts or having a lug nuts improperly installed. Two lug nuts. Now, two lug nuts, which is two lug nuts too many. So now here comes the problem, guys. Dylan Hart Jr. sits well outside the cutoff, and all he has to do is win. He needs to win, and that's the only way he gets in, and you're without your crew chief atop the helm. Now, they're going to have Travis Mack on top of the box this week, but, Tom, this leaves a big head-scratcher for the 88 because he wasn't even competitive in that race. He finished 20 seconds. You're going, how are you losing lug nuts if you're losing track position? So, Tom, it's one of those things where... If you're a junior fan right now, you're scratching your head because you can't buy a break. Cisco Scaramuza, I want to know from you the percentage of difference that you think it's going to make whether or not Greg Ives is on the top of the pit box to Dale Earnhardt's chances of winning this weekend. Honestly, Hint, I'd go mine with the is solid zero. Five. Okay, you're 5% more than I I think it's zero. I don't care who you put on the pit box. You can put Chad Knauss on the pit box for Junior Jacob. Let it, yeah, let it be not winning. Let it be known that Junior offered to be his own crew chief for the weekend. See, that would be fun. I think that's exactly what they should do. I mean, why not? It's radioactive from that. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I I just look, I think it, uh, why not? He's, I mean, it's, uh, it's whatever. Uh, uh, definitely, uh, Definitely think that the uh, situation this week with the penalties was a little out of control. But uh, we'll see how all of this works out. We'll talk more about Richmond later on as we get through the show a little bit. We've got plenty to talk about tonight. In fact, more Newswire stuff. Bubba Wallace doing some things. We'll talk about that. And uh, also, we've got Super Modifieds and Modifieds and all kinds of good stuff from the Northeast to talk about a little bit later on in the program. Hunter Smith going to be joining us for a fit stop. And we've got KNN East ARCA 
you name it, we got it. We're going to step aside when we come back. More conversation just getting started. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on the Voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport here on PMN Radio. Speaking of HMS Motorsport, we will be on location at the HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina, next Thursday night for our second of three safety uh seminars that uh, hms is doing in conjunction with us mpmn radio and we are excited about that we're going to be talking about helmets and helmet safety i believe is what they've got 
for uh, next week. So look for some Facebook Live on our Race Chaser Online Facebook page and also HMS Motorsports social media as well as my uh personal Facebook page. We'll have uh, Facebook Live going on all of that. Uh, so if you can't get here to the HMS Motorsport in Mooresville next week, uh, join us online at uh, Race Chaser Online on Facebook for the special Facebook Live Safety Seminar. And, of course, we'll be doing the live program from there as well. So we'll still be on here from 7 to 9. Jacob Seelman is with me, Hunter Yancey, and Joseph King in the production room. Joseph, trial by fire tonight with... Uh, Hunter backing him up, so happy to have them both here. And we've got Rents Brown and uh, Cisco Scaramuza via the Race Chaser Skype line as well. We continue to talk Newswire. And guys, Bubba Wallace, I just, I love this. Bubba Wallace announcing an Xfinity one-shot Xfinity deal. Um, and Jacob, you were telling me this is a combination of Richard Petty Motorsports and Biagi Dem Best racing to... Put this together, and I think this is what for Chicagoland. Yes, next weekend's coming up. Chicagoland Xfinity race, be in the and it will not only be the ninety-eight; it will be the Nickelodeon slime. Nickelodeon, 98. yes, and that's it, a page from my childhood. Well, and the interesting thing about this is, you probably don't. You may or may not remember the actual history of the green slime on, but. It, originally, the show that used that was called, uh, you can't say that on television, and it was a Canadian show. And that's exactly where that came from, um, the Green Slime. So it's kind of interesting that they're bringing this back, but it has something to do. What is What was the connection again to the, to the Ninja Turtles? Because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are on Nickelodeon, and it's the sponsor of the cup race. It's the Tales of the Turtle 400 okay. on Sunday. So they're sponsoring that's, the race. Yes, so Nickelodeon that's why. is sponsoring the cup race. So. Nic- okay, so Nickelodeon uh, is, okay, I got you. Well, good to see Rents Brown, Bubba Wallace back in uh, the Xfinity series in a car that certainly has won before. So chances he might be able to pull something out of the hat here? Well, I mean, he won in the he won in the truck series this year in the '99 truck, and no one expected that. To be honest with you, I thought he had a good shot, but the truck hasn't been competitive enough, I don't think. But now he's in the '98 that's been competitive. The only thing that I think of here, Tom, is the fact that this is the cutoff for the playoffs for the Xfinity series. Yeah, this race is the cutoff. What happens if he wins that race with a car that might fail post race? Would would head start to fall there? Because for Bubba, this is a one-off. For Bubba, this is, and he said it, this is just to win. Not saying that Biagi and his team are going to cheat a car up and set it out there on the racetrack and win by 20 seconds. But there has to be that in the back of your mind of, this is great for Bubba. I love the fact that Bubba's back in the series where he should be right now. He should never have left the Xfinity series this season. But my whole concern and question is, if they get to Chicagoland, they win the race which would be great because that would be his first career win in the Xfinity Series. But the car is deemed to have failed something in post-race. What do you do from there? Because that might take a guy out of a playoff spot if they're trying to get in, if they're on the outside. Well, it's NASCAR. The rule is that you, you just it just stops. There's no availability there. Um, so you can agree or disagree with that rule, but it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Hamlin's wins got encumbered, and Logano's win got encumbered. They didn't give it to the next guy. So, um, 
that's how that works. How, but uh, Jacob, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think uh, we ought to be talking about that car possibly failing anything because you know that's. I'm not sure that's what the point is. The question I have. That car hasn't run the full season, if, I don't think. But, so. well, but the question is, if oh, okay, so if it hasn't run the full season, it's not eligible for the playoffs even with a win, is it? Right. Okay. So basically, it's just, it's that, just I, for the win. Correct. I was going to say, that Pretty would much. be an interesting way for Bubba to end up in the Xfinity playoffs. No, 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 no. Bubba is absolutely not eligible for the Xfinity playoffs. Because he didn't run the whole season. That's correct. Yeah. You, you, uh, and, there, and there would be no way to get a waiver for Which that. Which is really unfortunate. Because, you know, that, uh, so Bubba is basically just out for the win. And, you know, I guess by default, Cisco, he becomes um, – an invader or a non-regular in the same way a cup series regular would be. But uh, I'll exclude Bubba from my wrath on that because he's still trying to get himself established somewhere full time. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, I, it's going to be weird seeing him in the 98 because we had those couple of weeks where his name was on the points graphic and he didn't have a number next to it. I think of like the race, once he jumped in the cup series, it just said, it was instead of his number, I think Fox had like a graphic. It was NASCAR instead of his number. <laughs> and he was in a position he was in a position where he probably could have pointed in the chase. Or not the chase, that's four. That's four this week. Into yeah. the playoffs. And, Good job. You know, so, yeah, hey, Cisco. By the time we're done, you may have an you you may have enough dollars in the jar to fund the bill for this whole place next month. <laughs> sure, just or fork maybe over I could your get Bubba a ride. Maybe I could fund Bubba. <laughs> hey, yeah, ride. that yeah. too. Hey, hey, listen. Just fork over your routing number, your account number, and we'll get you all set for the rest of the season. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, your right paychecks over. are our paychecks. Yeah. No worries. But either way, it's just I I it's it's. Nice to see Bubba back in the series, but I just I have to wonder what could have been. Yeah, really. Well, I feel the same way, to be honest, because, you know, he was very consistent with that car. And you're right. If he had kept going at the rate he was, if he didn't, even if he didn't manage to win a race, he probably would have been in a position to point his way in. Um, So we'll see how that works out. But I thought that was an interesting situation, especially in light of the fact that although, and this brings us to our next Newswire item, although Richard Petty says there are no plans to merge Richard Petty Motorsports with any other team, a la the rumor about them merging with Richard Childress Racing, he didn't say that anything else had been decided, like, well, who's going to drive the car next year? And we all know that Bubba Wallace has been the subject of some conversation that he would replace Eric Almarola. Now he's driving in the family, so to speak, for Biagi Dembest in conjunction with Richard Petty Motorsports. Jacob, this would at least seem to indicate that there is some smoke to the fact that they really want to keep trying to do something with Bubba Wallace, whether it's the 43, a 44, or maybe something in that 98 car next year. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? I'm excited about this because somebody brought up earlier today, hmm, kind of seems like an audition, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Well, well I, I think the audition was in the 43 for well, about, there's that too. you know, for all those races. And I, I think the 98 is a bit of a reward for the audition, basically. But I, I think that definitely says that there's some mutual interest in working together. I think we can conclude that. Anyway, now, 
conversation yesterday as well, Jeff Burton and others saying it's time for NASCAR to start taking wins away. If you're illegal, you lose the win, you lose the points, you lose the money, you finish last, it's like you basically were never there. Jacob Seelman, do you agree, yes or no? I agree. I've agreed for quite some time, period, end of discussion. If short track racing can do it, and if the biggest short track race in the world, the Snowball Derby, can do it, then why can't NASCAR do it? That's all I got to say. Cisco Scaramuza. Yeah. No, I, I got I to gotta be with Jacob on this one. It's, it's a case where this is, you know, we've had this discussion and, you know, this, this keeps coming up over and over, whether it's you talk about the 48 and Canals and, oh, how many times Jimmy Johnson has gotten caught in post-race inspection, or you look at what we just had these this past year with the two different encumbered wins that we've had it's there's got to be a punishment because it's you know nothing's gonna stop these crew chiefs short of losing enough points to the point where it's not even worth pushing the envelope they're always going to still try and push the envelope as far as it'll go nascar has to push back and make sure there's some consequence to if you are legitimately trying to go and make and make a sizable difference to your car to win that race it's a crew chief's job to make that car go fast, but cheating is a very different thing. Rens Brown. It's simple. You just scrap the win, give it to the second place guy. But the problem really comes down to the fact that we don't know about these penalties until, you know, midweek. And the guy already has a checkered flag celebrated in victory lane, had the whole shebang. And the guy who finishes second to that point, you know, doesn't get that celebration like they'd like to. I think that's something that NASCAR needs to look at is how you can make that better in post race. Well, the other thing too, the other thing too, I'd like to add is the fact that I have a solution to this problem. If you fail so many times, Tom and Jacob, I'd say you park that car. If you fail a certain amount of times post race for little infractions, they add up to a certain number. You park that team and say, guess what? This is the penalty. Don't do it again. Enough of these slaps on the wrist. Time to take firm action, Jacob. I I I agree with you right up till that last bit. You, I don't think you need to count and then park or whatever. You'd start taking wins away, money away, points away. The problem takes care of itself. Jacob? Yes, I'm going to make this very quick and very simple, and this goes to Rents' point. Here's the deal. If you're taking wins away, and Rents, I get your point about where the winners already had the celebration and all that, but... I'm going to offer again the same example I did a few minutes ago, the Snowball Derby. Two out of the last four years, the credited winner of the race hasn't gotten the pomp and circumstance of standing on the front stretch, celebrating, getting the interview, all that good stuff. But they still get the trophy. They still get the win. They still get all the stuff that really matters. I don't care. Yes, I don't care about the celebration for TV, the fans, all that stuff. All I care about is that the first legal car across the finish line wins the race, period. And I 100% agree because, after all, in this day and age, suspending a crew chief, a fine, whatever, even, even the points at this point of the drivers in the playoffs, points really don't matter except for playoff positioning. So at this point, 
Start taking wins away. I'm wholeheartedly in agreement with that. We'll step aside when we come back. More discussion. We've got Can and East. We've got Arca. We've got all kinds of good stuff. Modified, super modifieds. A fit stop later on. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Cody Coughlin, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. 
Kaufman's a renaissance man, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport here on Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman inside the Race City USA PMN Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. And we have Rents Brown and Cisco Scaramuza via the Skype line. And, of course, behind the glass, Joseph King and Hunter Yancey here tonight. We are talking now the ARCA series. And before we look ahead to Salem this weekend, which is going to be a really fun race, we'll tell you why in a moment. Let's look back at uh, DeCoin and the dirt track uh, double for the ARCA series. And we'll, t- we'll also talk about the modified race at DeCoin, too, for a very specific reason. But, Jacob, uh, Austin Terrio, you know, for for a driver who really isn't a dirt driver, he sure looks like a dirt driver, doesn't he? He picked up wins in both of the dirt track races. No, 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 no. He finished second in the oh, first Oh, he did? Win. Oh, I thought yeah. he— Grant, okay. No, Grant Enfinger won the first one. Okay, Enfinger got He was second and picked yeah. up the win um, at DeCoin. A 2-1 record's not yeah, that bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And, you know, the interesting thing about this was that uh, he really wasn't going to win— no, uh, th- this one really was sort of like we we'll, we'll talk about the truck race a little bit later, too, in our lightning round. But this was sort of like the truck race in the sense that you had sort of a um, late race uh, skirmish. Yeah. A late race uh, bump. Or yeah. dump, however you want to. Sheldon Creed. I don't think Sheldon Creed intended to dump. No, he didn't. He just wanted to rattle him. Uh, yeah. and, the, the, and the him being Shane Lee, by the way. Yeah. Who, you know, really, again, Shane is not a dirt no, driver. No, Shane's you not know, a and, dirt and driver. Who would have thought this would be Shane's uh, sort of, hello, I'm here, coming out party in the Arcus yeah. series after running all season. But um, Shane had this race, uh, appeared to have won. this race, pretty and much won. And then a late race caution. Yeah, happened. Sheldon kind of, uh, well, you know, nudged him. And uh, yeah, <laughs> let, well, let's be clear. It, we had a little bit of getting to before we got to the nudge. All right, we'll get to. Yeah. Do the get to. Shane was leading inside of 10 to go when we had a caution come out. That set up an overtime restart, a green-white checker. Well, we tried to go four wide into turn one at DeCoin on the dirt mile. How'd that work? Eh, not real well. <laughs> not real well. Exactly. So that set up a second green-white checker attempt, rents, and Sheldon Creed got a little antsy and put a shot right to Shane Lee's rear bumper and Austin Terrio says, pass you very much. And uh, I, lest we all forget, by the way, that Austin's car owner, yeah, he's kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit good on dirt tracks. Just a tiny bit. Just a little bit. This Schrader guy. Schrader, yeah. Yeah. And so Terrio picks up the win and obviously, again, lengthens his points lead. Yes, but... He does something else, too, that's notable. And I do want to, I I know you have thoughts, and I like your thoughts, and I'll let you get to your thoughts, but I want to get Rents' (laughs) thoughts first. Okay. Because Rents, he has done something that's not been done since Chris Buescher back in, I want to say, 2013, and Austin is the first driver to do it in a single season. With his win at DeCoin, Austin has now won on every type of ARCA racetrack, a super speedway, a short track, a road course, and a dirt track. And like I said, he's the first driver to ever win in every discipline all in one season. You want to talk about a driver who's proven he can legitimately win 
anywhere, anytime. Austin Terrio gets the quote-unquote diversity award for me for the year. Well, yeah, and it really reminds me of his car owner who kind of did the exact same thing because Kenny could run anywhere, anytime, anything, any place, anything, and win. It could be a tractor and he'd win in it. That's how good Ken Schrader That's is. That's about the only thing and, I feel like Schrader hasn't won in. <laughs> hey, anyone doing tractor racing, call Ken Schrader. He needs to get himself going. <laughs> yes. But Austin, but Austin Terrio's talent is just proving that, you know, the truck series deal didn't work out in his favor. And I think Austin would have been fantastic in the truck series. I think he would have won many races in there. But what he's doing right now in ARC is just absolutely stupid because he's taking it, Tom. And, yeah, there's some misfortune there, but Austin's had a really solid season. I mean, if you just take away those five wins, in 16 starts, he's finished in the top 10 in every single race and has 13 top fives to boot. No one else even has more than seven and that's Dalton Sargent in second with seven Tom. So Terrio's having one of those seasons where everything's going right and not much can go wrong as the season starts to wind down. And I don't think there's catching Austin Terrio at this point. Kind of well, sounds like, kind of sounds like some Briscoe guy last year. Doesn't yeah. It? I mean, Austin's having that kind of year and Cisco to be fair, when Renz talks about Austin in the truck series, I mean, Austin, Austin ended up getting injured and, you know, he really didn't ever have the continuity in the truck series and on that path that, you know, he would have hoped for. So to be fair, this is almost like a renaissance for him and an opportunity to kind of come back down and prove that he belongs back upstairs. And I've got a feeling he's going to be on some folks short lists after this season if he can close this deal out with a championship oh absolutely i mean you look at his past his past stats and in 15 he had four top tens in camping world two top fives from that kane and east 2016 five top fives out of four out of 11 races not half bad but it's something that when you look at that stack card races 16 of 16 top tens 16 that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. No, not bad at all. And, again, when you think about the weekend, now we, we kind of stretch it out and move to the modified portion of the weekend for a specific reason. So Ken Schrader Racing wins the ARCA race. Well, they also won the modified race, Jacob, because the boss got it done, and he beat another pretty famous guy en route to doing it. Yeah, and, oh, by the way, you know – whose car the other pretty famous guy was driving his Ken's car yeah. exactly so Ken Schrader racing finishes one two in the modified race and then wins the ARCA race I'd say if and, you're Ken and oh Schrader, by the way the other famous guy Tony Stewart yeah just a little bit I mean can you imagine that post-race conversation <laughs> and the amount of that's, uh, where, that's where Ken gets out of his car looks at Tony and grins and says Got to try a little harder next time, son. And then they crack open a couple of uh, adult beverages and probably partied for hours, I would imagine. Oh, you better believe um, it. So, you know, that's that's just fun stuff, oh, guys. Man. And, you know, the ARCA series, again, looks like if you're going to win the championship, and only I think only Dalton Sargent at this point really has any any hope. realistic hope of Dalton's catching base, Dalton's just about got to win out and hope that Terrio blows up at some yeah point. I mean you you gotta have a couple bad runs by Terrio mixed in with some extraordinary circumstances for Dalton Sargent but you know this this hasn't been 
at all a bad season so far in ARCA. A lot of competition and a lot of different faces up in the front and some really great battles throughout the season at different yeah. tracks as well. It has been. It's been tremendous as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, this is one of those runs right now that if you're a driver, you just dream about. You hope to have that. And that's where Austin Terrio, I feel like, is at. You called it a renaissance. You're absolutely correct. You know, this is sometimes going backwards to go forwards is the strategy that you have to take. Mark Martin did it back in the 1980s before he came back to Roush Racing. What was Roush Racing? Yeah. Now Roush Fenway. And, you know, it's it's not something that's unheard of. And I feel like for Austin Terrio, it was – obviously we can look at it now and say it was the right decision, but I feel like it was about the only option he had at that point because there was nothing opening up to go forward. So you go take the absolute best opportunity that you have and you kick tail doing it. And that's what he's done this year. Ken Schrader racing is your only option. You're in pretty good shape. It seems to me just a little. And Oh, by the way, Ken Schrader's never won an ARCA championship as a car owner. So, can you imagine what that speech at the head table is going to be yeah, like in December? Exactly. Hey, hey, uh, we need, if you go to PRI again this year, we need to get you tickets for the Arca Banquet hey, Saturday yeah. night. Go listen to Ken talk for a couple exactly. hours. <laughs> I could do that all day. Uh, now, we'll talk in the next segment about what's coming up for the Arca Series this weekend at Salem because this is their throwback. Because Salem's one of the original Arca tracks. That's correct. And it's one of my favorite tracks oh, yeah. in the country, too. Oh, yeah. But we'll talk about some of the throwbacks, and we've got a Newswire announcement about a car and driver combination to talk about as well. With regard to the Arca Series, we've got K&N conversation coming up. We're going to talk NASCAR Modifieds. We're going to talk Super Modifieds. We're going to have a fit stop. we got all kinds of stuff still to cover. As we've got another hour and some change left. Here on this edition of the Stock Car Show, you're listening to the show, which is, by the way, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep. And my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it. Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, 
BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsport on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman, along with Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, and our two gentlemen behind the glass pushing all the right buttons tonight, Joseph King, Hunter Yancey. We're talking ARCA, and we're going to look forward now. Well, if you're in, Bo- if you're in Boston, it's ARCA. Um, or if you're Bentley Warren. Or Maine. Yeah, <laughs> Bahaba. Um, talking the ARCA s- series, and this is going to be kind of cool a throwback race on one of the original tracks that arca raced on and one of the most competitive as well and most exciting to me salem and we've got some interesting throwbacks and we've also got an interesting car and driver combination for this one that's not a first but not this one the next one at Chicago. Oh, that's right. It's at Chicago. That uh, yeah. We'll, yeah. Well, let's, well, let's get to that in a moment. Let's yeah. talk throwbacks at Salem. We do have a dri- We do have a driver car combination that's not new, but it is different compared to what we've had in in the series. Chase Purdy, who also falls that's under right. the throwback category, yeah. is racing for the second time with Mason Mitchell Motorsports this weekend in the seventy-eight car, which rents is going to pay tribute to the car that I that's like to call the of. baseball car. Yeah i.e. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s 2001 Pepsi 400 winner. Yay! You mean the home run car? Because that was a night where, that you know... That was it, it that, that, of, that, it, that was the night, not just a night, the, the night. That was the night that NASCAR hit it out of the park and Dale Jr. hit it out of the park Actually, specifically that, with that, the, yeah. the emotion. That, that, was, that was the night that everything was going to... That, that was the night where yeah. we all realized everything's going to be okay again. The last analogy is a perfect game because what Dale Hart Jr. had to do was just simply amazing. And to see that paint scheme back on the track again, I think will bring back a lot of memories to a lot of people. Well, and I think it's kind of special to Chase, too, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Chase is a junior fan. Chase, because is, a his big, legends, Chase is a big junior His fan. legends car always had the number eight, and it was in always the, that font, yes, just in different the, colors. In the DEI font. Yeah. Yep. Just different yeah. colors. So I, when I saw that and saw that he was driving this, now this is kind of interesting to me because, you know, Chase has been racing out of the Gilliland stables 
in the K&N Pro East Series, now going to Mason Mitchell for the ARCA Series. Just kind of something That's different here. David Gilliland doesn't have an ARCA team. Well, and, uh, if you listen to what David says, they don't necessarily have any big plans to go ARCA racing for a well, while. Well, no, I get that. What, I, what I'm interested in is that more or less you would sort of associate that whole K&N situation with Toyota. And true, I don't think Mason is a Toyota team. No. So well, it's it, just interesting yeah, that the only Toyota team in the ARCA series right now would be a player uh, is Venturini, and they already had all of their races okay. sold weeks ago. Well, this is good. Ago, this really. is good to me for both Chase and Mason because one, obviously, that scheme is going to be a huge attention attractor. Oh yeah. And then the other thing that really interests me about this Cisco is that when you look at Chase Purdy, of course, making his ARCA debut, I think, right? No, second start. Second start? Yep. Okay. Second start of the year for Chase. And this has some potential here, I think, to go to Victory Lane. And how amazing would that be if yeah. you see that scheme, Cisco, in Victory Lane? For Chase Purdy and Mason Mitchell, you want to talk about some publicity. That's uh, pretty good for branding and marketing. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, don't keep in mind, he still's had a very good year in K&N East as well. So you top an ARCA win along with that. That's that's not a bad resume to say, hey, any truck teams looking for an extra guy? I'm over here. I'm tearing it up in these cars. Let it, me get a shot. Except keep in mind, Cisco, Chase isn't old enough to go full-time truck he's, racing. I was going to say, he's still a pop. Yeah. He, but, he, but still, but still in a couple years. Well, or even, you know, you, you, could, you could certainly make the case that if he runs well here, it's time to go upstairs to the ARCA series. And well, I think he's actually... He's not old enough to run full-time ARCA yet No, either. but he can run most of them. And, and I think you may want to put your focus there rather than necessarily running a whole season of K&N well, again, but I guess it depends on it, what your goal is. It doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, I, we see most drivers nowadays run uh, two years of K&N. However... I will amend what I just said because I was a year off. He actually does turn 18 in November. Ah. So if he, if he wanted, he could. And if there was an opening, he could go full-time truck racing given the right sponsorship. And I do know at least one truck in the Toyota fold, Kyle Busch Motorsports, that is likely Kyle Busch Motorsports to be open in 2018, well, Christopher Bell. Yeah, except that we – if. NASCAR makes a decision to go spec motor racing in that series. We do not know how or if that would affect Toyota's participation, which in turn may or may not affect Kyle Busch and his participation in the series. We need to stay tuned for that. But in, in my opinion, if we haven't had an announcement on spec motors at this juncture. I don't think you're going to see one. Well, for two thousand, I'm just saying we don't know either way. We're getting but, to, we're getting to the threshold where it's almost too late in the game to make that happen. But my point is, I think Chase Purdy needs to me a full time arc season before he goes truck racing. If if it were me and I were in charge of his development. Um, you know, I've watched him run K&N this year. First time in big cars. He's run, He's know, got five second-place finishes. Yes. He's also made some key mistakes. I, would, I count I think, one. I think, Chase, I think Chase could benefit 
from a full-time schedule in the Arca Series, getting used to running the big tracks and then going over to uh, the the truck series. And we really don't know what kind of a truck series we're going to have next year, frankly. I mean, to me, the truck series is really in a world of hurt right now, Rents, and I don't know uh, what we're going to see for that series. I would be looking at the Arca Series as an alternative, at least, if not the preferable choice for someone like Chase at this point. Well, the biggest thing, too, you have to look at with the truck series, if we're really going to dig in that deep, is the fact that Todd Gilliland turns 18 in May of next year. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a guy to possibly go to KBM and make a run, obviously he'd be too late to make a championship run unless he gets a waiver for it. Well, stop stop and consider, though, I mean – at that point, you're missing Daytona for sure. You're missing Atlanta. You're mm-hmm. missing uh, Las Vegas. You're missing. I know Justin Haley was in position after missing two races. You're missing a minimum of three, and I've got to double check the schedule and make sure it's not four. I mean, I think you can make two races, but missing four races and still even being in a points position to win and get in with a waiver, I think, would be awfully tough but i gotta confirm and see exactly how many races he would miss at the beginning of the season that's one of those where it all it all comes down to how many full-time teams you end up having while you're doing that cisco you had a point i had a point because i mean on on that point actually he would have to have almost a kyle bush coming back from injury kind of season to be in that fold he'd have to be up front every single week to Which be he's able to proven get in with he a can shot. do. Yeah, I, I don't know that I that I see that really being a high percentage chance of happening, but certainly... I mean, he's proven know. he's run in the top five in every truck race he's been in, including yeah. the Canadian Tire and again, Race before. Like I said, we don't know what we're going to have uh, for, for the truck series next year. A lot of rumors going around. A lot of yeah. Thor Sport, maybe, maybe not. You got BKR shutting down. You, well, you know. right now... We have, as far as we, you know, as far as this is, we have Kaz Grala at GMS next year. You have Matt Crafton at Thor Sport. You have, unless they make an announcement saying otherwise, John Hunter Nemechek in the eight truck. Beyond that, no idea at this point. Well, and you know, rents Thor Sport itself. You know, lots of rumors about whether they're going to participate in the truck series next year. So, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff going on out there. Yeah, the truck series in the whole right now is kind of the uncertainty of who comes back. I think if you're looking at it, possibly GMS keeps Johnny Sauter on board for next at year. At this with the 21 point, program. they're not running a cup team. I see the 21 program. I, I see Johnny Sauter going and doing a truck series again. I see Kaz Grala seeing how he's done. He stays there another Justin year. Justin Haley would stay. Yeah, and that too. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty, of course, and Kyle Busch Motorsports being a big one. I think Spec Motors will help the teams cost-wise. But Jacob, real quick. It's five races that he would uh, inevitably miss because the first race he'd be eligible to run would be Charlotte, May 18th. Yes, it, it, so, that would be four rents because Dover is a one-mile racetrack. He's uh, eligible to run anything a mile and a quarter and less. Uh, 
Well, it would actually be, yeah, one, two, yeah, because Martinsville be four, as well. He, it'd be four out of the first six. He'd miss Daytona, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Kansas before he's eligible to run yeah. the rest. Of, that's a quarter of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, there's no way he wins a championship in that scenario. It's just not going to happen. I mean, well, keep in mind, you have to be in the top 20 in points. If, But if there's less than 20 full-time teams and Todd runs up front in the, in the other 12 races, then, yeah, of course he's going to be in the top 20 in points because you make up a mammoth amount of points on, over some of those teams that run at the back of the pack every week. But, but keep in mind, too, the fact that his owner, Kyle Busch, missed, what, 11 races in 2015 yeah, and won but, the title? But he had and 26. It's also, I mean, that's... It's also the most powerful truck series team we have yeah. is KTM. Again, again, keep in mind the fact that some of these top 20 full-time teams are teams that run 25th to 30th every week. I'm just saying. I don't see it. You can, you can have your own opinion. I have mine. I don't see that happening, missing four races. Um, okay, so we... Salem, an interesting idea for the throwback deal. And, you know, I think what's cool about this is you start seeing some of the NASCAR schemes creeping into the ARCA series. Yeah, Alan Kowicki's Hooters scheme on a car that's crew chiefed by Paul Andrews. Yeah. Who has a tie to Kowicki directly. I mean, that's Dalton Sargent wins the throwback contest for me. I'm sorry. I love it. And how cool is it? It's the 77. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, instead of one seven, it's two, two sevens. And, and you know, that's that's going to be really you want to talk about some incentive for, for, for Dalton, Dalton to win the to race win. and for yes. Paul to really get it done on, on pit road. There, there you go, because, you, you know, that there is going to be some sort of, uh, you know, dreams being relived there or, you know, the past being um relived as that race goes on so we'll see who else and what else we get for uh throwback schemes we'll clean up the one remaining arca rumor or arca newswire item after the break and then we'll talk some nascar modified so stick around you're listening to the stock car show presented by hms motorsport on pmn the performance motorsports network You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. 
The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. We'll talk Chase Cabry's racing division here in a little while, K&M Pro Series East. But uh, let's finish up with the ARCA Series. One more announcement that uh, came out off the newswire. And again, ironically enough, involving Mason Mitchell Motorsports, for Chicagoland, Michael Self back behind the wheel. Yes. In the 88 car with Sinclair Oil sponsorship, the dino car. The dino car. Should be fun. And, and I like this because I'd like to see Michael full-time in something. I mean, he certainly yes, has earned that. Not only as a driver, but a driver coach for a, a year or two with, with uh, Justin, Haley. Justin Haley Absolutely. in the K&M Pro E Series. And I think you know Michael's one of those... Drivers, he's a little older than some others, but, you know, he's really talented, he's really marketable, and he's really passionate about racing. Yes, he is. And I think that is, uh, I think that is really the key to his recent kind of rebirth here, and I'm hoping that this leads to something more. So uh, we'll see how Michael performs yes, at Chicago. Yes, we will. We will, we will. With that, we switch gears and let's talk some classic weekend at the Oswego Speedway. We'll start with the NASCAR Modifieds because that's directly part of what this show normally covers. The Wheel and Modified Tour at Classic Weekend. I didn't even bother to get my stats or finishes out because I think that more so than just reading down the finish order or talking about the results themselves... Maybe the fact that what we learned out of this, Jacob, on Saturday night was that Ryan Priest just refuses to give up. We talked about the fact that he's going to have to miss another race in order to go run the Kentucky Xfinity race. Yes. But he's making this case that he may be able to miss that race. He probably won't win the Drivers' Championship. But, boy, he's trying awful hard. <laughs> he is trying awful hard. He now has nine points in hand over three-time defending champion Doug Kobe. And that team is well, well on their way to becoming the first team to split the owner's title away yeah. from the driver's championship. That's not happened in the modern era, to my knowledge. And that's going to be really a big statement as far as the NASCAR Modified Tour as a whole and you know quite frankly more power to him I mean he missed the race at Langley earlier this season to get married he, he's missing the, the September race here Talk in a couple about of your weeks misplaced priorities at, by the way well 
<laughs> Just kidding, Ryan. Or Mrs. Priest. Yeah. If if Heather Heather, if you're listening, <laughs> Tom Tom didn't mean it like that. It was we a promise. joke. Just a joke. Okay. So point being, he misses a race to get married. He's gonna miss a race to run an Xfinity race for Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Pretty good reasons to miss, and he's still gonna have a really good shot at this championship when everything is said and done. I want to pull up the exact numbers here, Tom, because it's quite remarkable when it comes down to it. He's got nine points in hand over Kobe, and that's despite missing a race. He's got two more top fives, two more top tens than anybody else. The only There's only been one race all year that he's not been outside the top five. Yeah, it's really an incredible... Uh, run that he's had this year and for those going okay well so who won well it was Ryan that won the uh, the race Saturday night at Oswego he chased Matt Hirschman who really I mean that was as as hard of a chase uh, for the lead the entire race as you as you'd want in in a race battle back and forth Ryan finally got him after the halfway break and took the win and you know, this was one of those races where Kobe really didn't show up until late in the race when it counted. Yeah. Salamito showed up early, kind of went backwards, then kind of came, came back. back forward, you yeah. know, yeah, it was sort of a seesaw. Justin Monsignor made an appearance. You know, it, it was, but it was clearly a race between Priest and Hirschman. And, you know, looking at this, and Kobe said that he feels like Priest probably has a pretty good handle on the owner's championship. Yeah, but, almost a full race, 35 points. Yeah, but you've still got the same five drivers. Now, Rowan Pennick kind of was average at Oswego, which is what we expected. Right, but he's still only 16 points out in third. That's right. You've still got the top five drivers with still a good shot at this. As we go into the last four four races, I think, of the year. Yes. Um, goodness gracious. I mean, this tour, that's why I said what we learned Saturday night is the same five guys are still there going into the next one. Uh, and this is going to go right down, I believe, to the end of the year at Thompson. My goodness. I haven't seen a tour points battle like this in a long, long time, if ever, with five cars. Not with still, five cars. <laughs> excuse we, me. Still we had with the, the battle. Win. A couple years ago with three cars. Uh, it yeah. was the 88 of Pit Cat. It was Priest and it was Kobe. Or, no, sorry. Bonsignor. Pit Cat, Bonsignor, yeah. and Kobe. My bad. Yeah. My bad. That was uh, the year after Priest won the title. So um, you've, but, you've really had – it's been a season-long thing, and it's it's still going. Yes, I mean, you know, is. so much competition on the tour. Only 22 cars, which wasn't great. Yeah. But here's what everybody good show. Need, here's what everybody needs to be scared about. And I want to talk more about Oswego itself in a minute. But what everybody needs to be scared about, Ryan Priest's major point of success for a long time on the Wheel and Tour was the Bull Rings. The next race on the schedule next Saturday night, Riverhead. A quarter-mile bull ring where I fully, fully expect Ryan Priest 
to go and win the race. Period. End oh, of discussion. Oh, boy. Well, I think Timmy Salamita would have um, a, a bit of a bone to pick with that one because that's sort of his turf. I so, know it's his turf, and but if, you know what? Before it was his turf, Ryan Priest at one point won three out of four races there. Well, regardless of what happened a while back, right now that it's wasn't that kind far of back. Salamita's turf. So all I'm saying is that Salamito, if he's going to really – reassert himself this is the race where he's going to need to do it and it's the race he's most likely to do it in my opinion if timmy solomon here's my bold prediction if timmy solomito does not win at riverhead timmy solomito does not win the championship i agree but i think this is the perfect position for him to reestablish himself we'll see it's gonna i'll tell you what riverhead has got themselves a dandy because with these five guys on a bull ring and we all know that None of them are afraid to be aggressive when they have to be. So this is going to be fun. So we'll see how that works out. But um, the uh, modified win going to Ryan Priest. Now, uh, not going to spend a lot of time on the Isma super modified portion for a couple of reasons. One, 18 cars, not really a a great Great. turnout for them and not a great show at all. Mike Lichty Um, from the poll. Yeah. Mike Lichty from the poll. And you know, he, he had a lot to say about the tire specifically the left rear that Isma, the Isma chose to, to run this year, the lack of passing. We really saw that accentuate, accentuate itself at Oswego on Saturday night. Just not one of the better Isma shows at a track where the Isma show often is the highlight of the weekend with the passing. Nobody did any really to speak of. And, you know, Lichty kind of cruised to the win in that race. Now, on Sunday, you had a pair of races after a long rain delay that delayed the start of any of the events. We ended up having a night race, the Classic for the Supers International Classic 200 laps, small block Classic 75. Now, Supers up first. I have never seen in the first 20 laps of a Classic a 34, in this case, 32 car, I think 33. it was 33, actually, yes. driver we were one field, short. yeah, um, go absolutely bonkers in the opening laps like they did. A lot of passing early, a lot of aggressive driving, a lot of cautions, a total of 11, I think, in the race. And when it was all said and done, Dave Schillick Jr., the first driver since Otto Sitterly to win the track championship and the classic in the same year and the first Ohio driver to do it in a long, long time. In fact, I don't know that Ohio drivers ever won both in the same year. Todd Gibson never won the classic, won some track championships. Right. But, um, yeah, He's I only think, the third Ohio driver to ever win the classic, period. Yeah. Gary Albritton did and it. Todd Gibson. No, I think. No, no, Gibson never won the classic. You just yeah. said you had just yeah. got done saying that too. He won the he won the championship and never the classic. So it'll be Gary Albritton and I'm working on telling you if you'd have just given me a minute and found a way to stall, but hey. It's a good question now because I'm not sure who the other Ohio driver would have been that won the classic. 
Boone Memento. But I guess uh, you can look that up. Schulich picking up the win uh, again. Ran Gordon a very Dukes, smart race. Oh, that's right, all the way back. I was even wasn't even born yet. Gordon, Gordon no, Dukes you weren't. Nineteen sixty-five. Gordon Dukes did it. Nineteen seventy-five. Gary, Gary Albritton did it. Yeah, with the seventy-five car. The Ralph packing uh, yep. car, Dick Ralph owned it. Um, that was the car, incidentally, that Tim Richmond started his super modified career in. Oh, by the way, yeah. After Gary was done with it, also an oh by the way, a Schulich finally wins the classic period because Dave's father, Dave Senior, oh, finished second three times in this race and could never win it. Nineteen ninety, nineteen eighty four, and nineteen seventy nine. Dave Schulich Senior did everything in that race but win. He had three seconds. He caught fire one year. He finished second with a tail section pointing straight up and down one year. I mean, it, there was almost nothing that he didn't accomplish about that race except winning it. So finally, Dave Jr. gets it for the family, and uh, that was a good deal. Um, again, you had a lot of attrition. Mike Barnes ends up second. He was about the 10th or 15th fastest car Mike, in the race. Well, but... More importantly, Mike Barnes is on a Dave Schulich Sr. Yeah. pair right now. <laughs> Three the third se- year yeah. in a row he's finished Three second, second places. Um, some of the drivers that uh, just, you know, again. Shoulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Keith Champagne got the pole at a fuel issue. He ended up out of the race second straight year for a fuel problem for that team. You had Otto Siddeley, who was certainly a favorite to win. It has won several of them before. Otto ends up getting crashed he got in nerfed. that race and um, out of it. Uh, gosh, it was just a crazy uh, classic race. And the small block 75 we'll actually talk about on the other side of this break. That, too, was a crazy race that took actually four green flags to start it. We'll give you the skinny on that on the other side. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. 
It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Harrison Rhodes, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. The leaders in motorsport safety, we are going to be at HMS Motorsport one week from tonight. That would be Thursday, September 14th, going to be the second in their series of three safety seminars. We'll be on hand doing this show from their, their location here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and um, they'll be talking about helmet safety, I believe, is going to be their topic of choice next week. So if you can get out, we'd like to see you. Come on out. Check out HMS Motorsport. You'll see some drivers, a few cars perhaps, but uh, we're definitely going to have a good time there. And the safety seminar will be uh, on Facebook Live. You can go to either Race Chaser Online's Facebook feed or HMS Motorsport on Facebook and get that. So with that being said, we continue and wrap up our discussion of Oswego Speedway's Budweiser Classic weekend last week. Uh, this past weekend on Sunday night, the <laughs> the Bud Light Classic 75 was interesting to say the least. First attempt at a start, we had a car spin out, so they waved that off. The second attempt, the car slowed considerably and uh, took a left into the third turn pit entrance, so we waved off that start. Third attempt at the start, they threw the green and come into the line. Russ Brown broke loose from the outside pole position in front of the entire field, took out about eight or nine cars, and actually is um, having surgery or has had, I think, surgery this week on his thumb. This kid in the thumb, yeah. So a uh, tough break for Brownie. Not too sure exactly what happened there. Almost looked like perhaps just spun his tires, but uh, just a direct left and uh, took out several good cars once the race started. Um, well, second place finisher Andrew Shartner basically said it best when he said in uh, Victory Lane in his interview that, um, geez, I don't know. We were all basically just riding chickens on ice skates on ice skates in this in this race. And Mike Pond was riding a Clydesdale as yeah. only Andrew Shartner could basically bond brought an Indy car to the uh, uh, the small block super modified race and won Very by much. a country mile had an eight and a half second lead at one point. Um, it just wasn't even a close race, but uh, Mike picking up the win and once again, um, announcing that he is likely to retire or perhaps only run the uh, Classic again next year. We'll see. He didn't do that this year, but Andrew Shartner, picture perfect for second place um, in a car that uh, his dad built over the winter. And so Shartner picking up second in that one, but Bond, an easy win. 
Uh, pretty successful classic weekend, I would say overall. Uh, good car counts in both classes, considering what was potentially expected and the fact that Sunday just for a little while looked like it was going to be a washout. May have to run it Monday. They didn't. They got it in. Good job by the officials, and they kept the show moving. Uh, fantastic weekend and happy that I was a part of it. And with that, we will switch to K&M Pro Series East. Well, um, I think we can establish now that Todd Gilliland is officially in beast mode. Yes, absolutely. Winner, winner, chicken dinner at Langley Speedway in a race that was postponed from Saturday to Monday due to weather in the area. Weather, yeah. It was weathering. It was weathering. It was raining a lot. (laughs) It was raining a lot. But, rents. The Gilland v. Burton saga is getting close to the bottom of the ninth here because we have two races to go. And you know what Harrison Burton ought to be scared about? The fact that we're going to a road course. And Todd has substantial road course experience from his time out west. I would be nervous if it were me. Well, I'd be nervous too. And, you know, right now... If we're talking about storms and weathering it right now, Harrison Burton's got to weather the Todd Gilliland storm because he's taken both the east and west and putting it on his back and going, don't worry, guys. I got both titles right now because Todd Gilliland is just that good in K&N yeah. right now. And for Todd, you know, coming off that win at Langley, beating Chase Purdy, which, by the way, great run for Chase Purdy. Fifth, That's second, second place. place finish. Yep, as we said earlier, that's his fifth second-place finish of the year, so great for him. But it's only, what, a six-point difference? But that six-point difference could easily be, you know, looked at as a 20-point difference between the disparity between It's the first Todd time Gillen that Todd's has, led the points this year. Well, the other thing, too, is Todd Gillen's been in this position. Yeah. He's yeah. been in this position where Harrison Burton, I don't think, has been in this sort of position before, at least not in K&N, that I, because this is, you know, he's never been in this type of situation in K&N. Todd's lived it. Now what Todd needs to do is keep doing what he's doing and put the pressure on. Not going out and trying to set the world on fire, but he's doing things slowly and methodically. Picking off the races that he needs to, making smart passes, making smart decisions for the win. Now, Tom, I don't think Harrison Burton can catch Todd Gilland. Not because of his talent. I just don't think that he's ready for the challenge that Todd Gilland is giving him because he's never been there before. Oh, I don't see. I I may agree with that line of thinking, except that it's Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton is one of the calmest, coolest cucumbers in the pit area, no matter where he's racing or what he's driving. He's just one of these young racers who has this ability to just sort of fade the pressure of the moment I don't think that Harrison lets all this get to him. He races how he races. The reason why I think Todd Gilliland will probably win the championship at this point, unless something happens, is because he just simply has the momentum. I mean, Harrison started the season with the the momentum and kind of the leverage, and then Todd has gotten hot here recently. It's all about when you peak. Yeah, and and I think he's peaking at the right time, and it isn't that Harrison's not running well, but again, you know, you go into the later part of the season and you're the guy doing all the winning. You know, now you've got to knock the, the knock that guy off, off the perch, and I just, 
even if Harrison wins the next the, the the next few races or whatever, I mean, as long as Todd finishes second, you know, I I'm not really too sure. Uh, you know, if Todd wins one or two, let's put it that way. I just think he wins the title and. He's got the momentum right now. Like I said, I, I don't think it's Harrison being overwhelmed by the stage or the pressure, but I, I just think Todd right now is the better car and, you know, the hotter driver. So if he can stay that way, I just don't see Harrison being able to snatch it back away from him, Jacob. I don't see it either. I really don't. I mean, unless Todd has something catastrophic at Dover. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Um, Cisco, barring any issues here i i don't see todd gilliland giving up the lead at this point he's running too strong yeah he is running extremely strong especially in east he got the win he won you know rogers got it done at Watkins Glen, but before then gilliland got two more then it was a burton win gilliland got it at berlin as well so uh, he is so strong this season i think we talked at one point todd gilliland's just out there you know, Rents put it best. He's just putting all of K&N on his back and going, I got this. I'm leading. You can't touch this. Yeah. I mean, stop and consider from the time he got his first K&N Pro Series East win of the year at Berlin, his last six K&N East starts, he's finished either first or second. Yeah. Hello. And, and see, Harrison had that seventh place. And, you know, again, you – when you're in a championship fight, you got to be in the championship fight in contention to win and rents. This is where it's going to get fun because I think there are a couple of tracks coming up, honestly, that I think Harrison could really give him a run for his money. The The problem is, again, it, as long as Todd maybe wins one more or two more and finishes second the rest of the time, I'm not sure how that works out, but I think Todd ends up being able to pull out the championship just, um, you know, based on the numbers at the end. Well, that's true, and there's really about 47 points you can rack up between wins, I believe, in the K&N Pro Series, regardless of East or West. The thing that Harrison Burton cannot afford is another seventh-place finish like he got this past right. weekend at Langley. Now, I'm not going to say that he could make a run at this, but Harrison Burton's got to watch his back because Chase Purdy is third, and he's only really about maybe 25 points back. And if Harrison Burton has a horrific race in the next two races, we could feasibly see the young Chase Purdy make a run for P2, Jacob. I'm not saying it's likely, but at the same time, you always have to kind of keep your eyes open and peeled because anything's possible in these next two races. I don't think Harrison's going to catch Todd, but there's always the inevitable unexpected that could happen to anybody. And it could be a late season charge from Chase. It could be a late season charge from Harrison or a collapse by either Harrison or Todd. Who knows? But I just don't see Todd Gillen taking his foot off the throttle. And I don't see Chase Birdie taking his foot off the throttle either. Heck no. I mean, at this point, you look at them. quasi They're quasi-teammates for yeah. all intents and purposes. You've got a Gilliland and you've got a Purdy driving for a Gilliland. Well, yeah. I just don't – I don't see Chase winning – um, between now and the end of the year necessarily. But I think that Harrison does need to make sure that he goes out. If he really wants to win the championship, to me, you go win out. That's what you do. So yeah. MDM and Harrison Burton have well, got to... 
if he wins out, then he wins the championship regardless of what Todd. Well, does. that's what I'm saying. Because that's the, the easiest the way to win the championship yep. is go win out. Yeah, if you, you know. win out, even if Todd finishes second and leads the most laps, they would be tied, and Harrison would win the championship by virtue of the tiebreaker. Yeah. So if, like I said, if he wins out, and that's if you really want to win the championship, MDM and Harrison Burton. Have, this is the time when you just you just go win. I mean, that's. And if you don't win, you probably lose the title at this point, unless somebody else besides Todd wins, and then maybe... Now, what will be interesting is this New Jersey race. There could be, I say could be because we don't have the official entry list yet, but there could be a wild card in this in, remember what we had happen at Watkins Glen, Will Rogers won that race by coming over yeah, from the West right. with the Jefferson Pitts team. We may see Will, because that's an off weekend for K&M West, we may see Will come in and do that again. Well, and you, I mean, you had Max Pappas as well. Now, I don't know that Max going to enter again, but my point is, to your point, it's a road course. We could see a couple of ringers or, you know, outsiders come in who could play a part in who wins the race. But I guess my whole thing is if I'm Harrison Burton, I'm going out and I'm trying to race Todd Gilliland. I'm not, it does, nobody else matters. I'm racing Todd Gilliland. I'm making sure that I try to beat Todd Gilliland in every race that's left. Yep. And then I win the championship. It's pretty much that simple. If you want it, go take it and put it in your pocket. We'll see how that uh, works out. It's going to be fun to watch both of those young men. I think have very bright and long futures in this sport for sure. With that, we step aside. When we come back, brief interruption in the racing converse- conversation for some driver fitness conversation. We've got our fitness guru, Hunter Smith, coming in. For the fit stop, in just a moment, you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on PMM, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless 
Atlas, SCCA, and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Renz Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, joined by our fitness expert and part-time racer, Hunter Smith, now for our fit stop segment and tonight, Hunter, you're talking about the importance of diversity in driver training. And I kind of get this because it's really not just about doing weights or just about cardio or just about CrossFit type stuff or just even about the physical training. It's kind of a combination of all of that, including time you know, on the sim or, you know, in some sort of mental race mode thought over the course of the week. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the diversity, I'm, gl- I'm glad you get it because um, it's, uh, you know, it's not always easy for some of the things that I say for you to get that kind of stuff. I sometimes word things and I get questions all the time. So, um, but regardless, we're going to throw in some diversity into this training. So their diversity, like you said, it's not one thing. So it's not just weight training. It's not just cardio. It's not just uh, CrossFit style stuff. You want to have a lot of diversity in there just because you have so much different stuff that can happen during these race weekends. Not only do we have different weather scenarios and different stuff like that, but every track is going to be different. So a driver can't get used to the exact same thing over and over again it has to constantly be changing driver has to constantly be ready for basically whatever is going to be thrown at them well and the thing is is they run you know so many now again and we're going to we're talking nascar and, and national series racing more so than you know short tracks at this moment for this but it's still really the same on the short tracks if you want to be at your peak in the race car and you're running a 250 or 300 lap late model race, you'd better be doing a lot of this too, in my opinion. And, you know, again, um, when we talk about CrossFit and, and let's go into that for a minute or two, because there's so much mixture of positive and negative, I guess we'll call it press or publicity about CrossFit. Some say not necessary. It's overdoing it. 
most people don't really need that intensity of training. And others say, well, but if you're going to be an athlete, then you really kind of do. What is your opinion on that and why? So here's my opinion. CrossFit, even the word has, has cross in. And anytime we think of cross and training, we think of cross training, which is, you know, diversity. So it's switching things up. So you have times where your weight room, cardio, and all kinds of stuff. And CrossFit was originally designed to be something you just kind of throw in. It's, you know, it's a high intensity workout that you can throw in, you know, once or twice a week. And then it kind of just, in my opinion, got carried away a little bit. And now you see people in a CrossFit box because they'll correct you. They're not gyms. They're CrossFit boxes. <laughs> um, you go into a CrossFit box um, every day of the week. And it's not the greatest thing for you, in my opinion. Uh, it's a really tough on joints and whatnot. It's really awesome workout for like short bursts of power, short bursts of total power, which for race car drivers, not always what we're looking for. We're looking for those short bursts of high intensity, absolutely, because they do happen when we're inside the race cars. Um, but it's not what our overall, uh, you know, kind of training program should be about. Our training program should have those lower intensity days. Our program should have a higher intensity day. So CrossFit is good to kind of throw in, like I said, CrossFit cross training. It's not meant to be your sole means of exercise. It's meant to be able to have something different, throw it in here and there, throw it in once or twice a week. If, if you really like it, throw it in three times a week to your program. It really just depends, but really not meant to be an everyday thing. And especially for these drivers, it's like I said, it's good to throw it in. It's good to have it in your arsenal and be able to uh, utilize some of those exercises and use some of those short bursts. But over that, we're looking for longevity out of these drivers, and we're just looking for diverse, and we're looking for different all the time. So to have the same exact routine and to use CrossFit, 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 CrossFit isn't good for anybody, let alone a race car driver. Well, and I was listening the other day to a fitness expert talk on the radio about, um, and I don't remember what the name of this specific thing is. You may know it, but it's the point when you've worked your muscles so hard that they actually start dying. There's a, it was like Rembo or Rimbo something. There's a, there's a, a name for it. Um, you know, it, it just too much in too short a time. And it seems like the CrossFit would kind of breed that more so than just regular weight training in the gym. Although, you know, you can overdo with any of that as well, probably. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can overdo anything. And trust me, you you can totally overdo everything. In a layman's terms, what that what is basically saying is that a muscle can fatigue until complete failure and then it just starts to not work anymore. You worked it so, so hard. And CrossFit is one of those deals where if you keep doing it and keep doing it, the career... I'll, I'll use the term career and CrossFit is very short lived, so to speak. You know, you look at these athletes who um, are in all these sports. And one thing that's very fascinating to me is, you know, working with athletes and being an athlete and stuff like that is I like to see it's kind of interesting to me, the career timelines for a lot of these different sports and even in motorsports is a lot. Obviously, you know, they have the whole saying with the age comes a cage for the motocross guys. They, you know, shift from two wheels to four wheels as they get older. Yep. Um, and the, the, just because the career time frame is so short. But in CrossFit, you look at a CrossFit athlete, their career time frame is probably about three to five years if they're lucky with all the stuff that they do, with all the different motions that they do, um, to where you look at a power lifter who's totally, you know, bodybuilder, Mr. Olympia style, His their career, her career may be somewhere in the range of seven to ten years, and they take a break, they can come back when they're older and get into another category. So it's kind of just all over the place, but the CrossFit deal, it's so short-lived if you're using it 
so consistently and so on top of it and you're in the box you know seven days a week like most of these people are doing right now and it is a craze um the fitness industry we see crazes and phases of stuff all the time and right now we're kind of in that crossfit phase so and i predict in another maybe six months to a year we'll find something else that people will go nuts about and it'll be the secret to weight loss and the secret to everything else and um you know and we'll we'll just kind of have to see what happens but yeah definitely it's just it's you don't want to fatigue any muscle like crazy you want to have a little bit of everything thrown in there you need it rhabdomyolysis was actually what i was looking for there my brain just wouldn't work right but uh that uh, the, the point where the pressure inside the muscle compartment can increase to the point at which blood supply to the muscle is compromised and muscle cells begin to die definitely yeah. not something that you want to uh have happen yeah definitely we kind of <laughs> you know you'd <laughs> want to avoid that a little bit yeah you know the the growth and repair comes from blood flow and oxygen going into muscles and stuff like that so um avoiding any total fatigue of a muscle that's why you see people all the time and i see it all the time working in gyms is people come in i'll see the same people monday through friday and great people i'm not taking anything away from but it's like okay i'm gonna do bicep curls every single day of the week because i just want big arms that's no that's not you're not doing yourself any favors no, exactly. You know, back exercises, you supplement in biceps when you work your back. So work your back, work your chest to, you know, build triceps too. You have a lot of stuff. Rest days are important. Exactly. So, you know, recovery, all kinds of stuff. It's It's got to be changed up all the time. So, um, you know, got to make sure that you're just getting a little bit of everything. And that comes from your diet too. There are diets out there that have ice cream in it. It's like everybody's going to be so different. So, um, you just kind of have to, you know, know your body, know what works for you and, you know, utilize that, make it a lifestyle. Exactly. And uh, you mentioned in your notes here, try training. And that makes me think of a driver, for example, like Justin Haley, who's coming up the ranks and is in the truck series right now. Justin is a small kid, but over the winter, he, uh, lost a lot of weight and re I guess you would say reproportion his body by doing a lot of swimming in combination with weight training. And he does a lot of biking as well. And um, I think some running, but he, he does those types of events and types of things where he changes it up and gets different types of workouts. Yeah. And that's exactly the tri training specifically is meant towards, you know, swimming, biking, running. So it's anything you would see in a triathlon. Yeah. So, um, and obviously for a racer, cardio is, is extremely important. And a lot of those exercises help keep the body lean and, you know, keep a lot of weight off of us and whatnot too, which is extremely important. Right. But, um, any kind of circuit style training too, like you were talking about weight training and then you throw in cardio yep. mixed with this. And it's just like the constant mixture is what keeps your body fresh, believe it or not. You know, so you may be getting tired and stuff, but it's actually keeping your muscles fresh and you know, your muscles, I tell people all the time, I tell a lot of my clients, your muscles are not smart. It's easy to confuse them. It's really, <laughs> easy. It's really easy to confuse them, you know? So, it's it just constantly switching it up and doing different stuff. You see so many, so much more results than getting on a routine for, you know, a month to two months at a time. You may see results right away, but you're not going to see them after a month at a time. So it's just constantly having those results, constantly switching it up. Um, and that's why having a trainer, or uh, you know, um, just a coach or anything like that for the fitness end of things and the mental end of things is so important. Exactly. Yeah, mine are, my muscles have been confused for a while. They keep telling me to eat more Oreos. Okay, <laughs> weekend preview. We've got uh, Richmond 
for the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. What are we looking at at Richmond? It's kind of a an interesting type of track in the sense that it's a short track with some banking and just a really uh, high high energy kind of racing. I think. Yeah, it's definitely high energy racing. It's a fast short track. It's a it's a very fast high uh, relatively high bank short track. Um, so we are looking at a lot of G-forces in the corners. But I think this this weekend specifically, I think there's a lot going on in these drivers' heads for some reason. Yeah, that's um, true. I think there's either something called the playoffs on the line or something playoffs. like that. Talking about so, playoffs? I, I, th- I think we're just thinking about that. So mental edge is going to be very key this weekend race? as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a – this is going to be, I think, a mentally fatiguing – weekend for these guys as you pointed out as much as physically fatiguing going to be interesting to see how that works out And you want to talk about some banking let's talk about salem in the arca race yeah let's go to another very fast uh fast racetrack that we're going to for the arca series high bank a lot of g-forces on the neck um just an overall uh, personally i've never run there myself but it looks fun as all heck to run on salem and um you know old old track so it's got a lot of uh, a lot of character to it, as I like to say. Um, the, you know, a little bit of rough, rough patches, stuff like that. So it's going to be cool. Um, the, these guys are going to be forcing a lot of, a lot of neck movement, a lot of shoulders, a lot of upper body is going to be worked a lot in these corners. So as it, those tires wear too, it's going to start to, you know, get really physical out there. So, um, so it'll be interesting. Arca, uh, Arca at Salem, and you know NASCAR down in Richmond. Um, I think it'll be cool. Hopefully, you know, Mother Nature plays well with us down in Richmond this weekend, um, and we don't get too much of anything down there. So. We're thinking about the people in Florida, too. We want to make sure everybody stays safe down there. Anybody listening down there, do what you can and, um, you know, stay safe down there. We're thinking about everybody there, too. So um, hopefully weather holds out and we can have a good weekend of racing. Absolutely. And with that, we close up our fit stop for this evening. Hunter Smith, thank you once again for joining us. As always, we step aside when we come back. Lightning round time. Some interesting topics. We'll talk trucks in Canada, eh? And what a finish that was. Some opinions around the corner. You're listening to the Stock Car Show from HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here in Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. Stop 
these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Speaking of guys who do CrossFit, Dylan Bassett, Pretty doggone good at it, too. Uh, definitely has helped him to bulk up a little bit. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Rents Brown, and, well, his cast of renown. <laughs> Along with Cisco Scaramuza, and we've got two producers tonight, which is double the fun and uh, double the benefit. We've got Hunter Yancey over there and uh, Joseph King, our newbie, who's doing a great job pushing the buttons here this evening. Okay, so it is now time for the lightning round because that's what we do in the final segment. Yep. And I've been waiting for this the whole show because we get to talk about, well, the truck series race over in Canada that ended with a bang, literally. Now... I'm just going to say this, and then I'm going to go around the table here. Having a few days to listen to not only the reaction of the two drivers involved, but to also watch social media and you know what the their peers and, and a lot of other folks in the sport had to say. I'm not sure Austin Sindrick has a lot of friends right now. Um, interestingly enough, Eric Jones also quoted this week as saying he would do anything to get in the playoffs. So Jacob Seelman, I'll start with you on this one and just kind of a quick answer here. We'll go all the way around the table. We still got Hunter Smith with us. Are you for or against Austin Sindrick for that move and why? Against. There's a difference between a bump and a dump. Austin dumped. He didn't bump. This has happened in three of the five CTMP truck races. People just need to learn how to properly pass on that racetrack. I don't know if we need to get track co-owner Ron Fellows out there to uh, get him a truck and have him teach these kids how to race his racetrack, 
But we need to do something because this is getting stupid. Rents Brown, do you agree or disagree with Jacob? Oh, I agree 100%. There is one thing bumping some guy, then there's another thing by using him as the break. I don't think that Austin Sindrick really has any, you know, remorse about the move, and it's sad because that's not racing. I'm sorry, you don't dump someone for the win, you bump them out of the way. I think Austin Sindrick forgets he had another full, long straightaway before you get down to the last couple of corners of the racetrack. And everyone that voted on, on our Twitter page at Race Chaser News said it was dirty. 81% agree with us. Because, Tom, it's just one of those things where what goes around comes around. And I think for Austin, he's so young, he doesn't fully understand and comprehend the actions that he did at CTMP because he only looks at the right here, right now. We still have Phoenix. We still have Martinsville. We still have a few tracks where it could really make your life a living hell if you don't really put your stuff together at the end. So he needs to think about also the long-term game because he's racing for a championship, Tom. Okay, Cisco. Uh, Red says what goes around comes around. What are the chances in your in your mind that the two the nineteen truck comes around at Chicago in a, in a week or so? Well, not Chicago or not right. Chicago uh, in general. It, it, well, no. Where, where's the truck's next race? Are they? In... Well, they are at Chicago. No, but I, I want think it, I want chances. I think... It happens at Chicagoland, Cisco. At Chicagoland, I uh, I I think. I think back to how many times that's happened at that track previously because we had, of course, this thing with Matt Kenseth a couple of years, to, that years ago. That was Kansas. And then that if you want to really throw it back, how about Jeff Gordon at Matt Kenseth 05? Mm-hmm. So it's certainly a track where this has happened before. The question is, is GMS going to be revved up? Is it going to be Kaz? Is it going to be maybe somebody else? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but... I think we'll see something come out of that race. I don't know if we're going to see a dump and run necessarily to kind of pay him back, but I don't think we're going to go through that whole weekend where that won't come up again. Isn't Spencer Gallagher entered in that race? No. Uh, okay. Everybody needs to just chill for a minute because all, <laughs> all, all, all of y'all have got all your facts intertwined and mixed up. Here's the deal. Number one, I want to respond to what Cisco said. There's no chance you get paid back at Mar- at uh, Chicagoland because, quite frankly, Chicagoland is too high speed a track to be delivering payback at. You're going to get somebody hurt. Number two, Cisco, I love that you were trying to make a point there, but the whole Joey Logano, Matt Kenseth thing that you were getting at did not happen at Chicagoland. It happened at Kansas. A Number- high speed track, by the way, and... Uh, it was a bit of a tap there with Logano. It was not an intentional thing. It was just the last lap incident. Where anyway, he got him sideways. number three, Spencer Gallagher said, for those who are paying attention, that he's entering the truck race at Martinsville, okay, so, where payback is prevalent. So Martinsville would be the, the track then that you could look for that. And I do think that before the season's over, somebody's going to pay him back. And yes. I do believe it will be a GMS uh, truck that does it. And yes. if, if Gallagher's entered at Martinsville, I thought it was Chicago, my mistake. If, if Gallagher's entered at Martinsville, then that's probably the race to look for it. My opinion on this is that Austin Sindrick absolutely blew this. And now he'll, he'll get an opportunity, Hunter, because, of course, 
he's kind of tied into Penske through his dad. But you know what? Kind of? His stock <laughs> fell drastically in terms of the respect factor among his peers, similar to what Nemechek did last year, Hunter. What say you? Well, here's the thing. Austin Sindrick has won races at CTMP before. You have to remember that. He's won races in sports cars at this racetrack before. So he had a lot of experience going into this race at that track, which is why he was so good. A lot of people said, oh, wow, first time in a truck there, all that kind of stuff. Okay, well, he gets it. He gets that track. He's also never really been in a car that bumps before. And the, all these other cars, the sports cars, the McLarens, the Mustangs and stuff that he runs, they, they kind of tell you in those series, bumpers off, don't touch. Um, so he had an opportunity. He went for it. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. That was a total, total, just not a racing move. That could have been such a great race to the finish between those two. Um, and it was just completely, My, you know, the, when I watched it, the angle they showed it, he didn't even attempt no. to really even slow down. Well, and he, he, he explained why in his mind he didn't want to take a chance on not getting by on the straightaway, which that, that was my favorite part of the whole thing that I thought was so ridiculous is, you know, he blamed Kaz for running so good on older tires yeah. that he put him in the position of having to get rid of him where he did because he didn't want to race him down the straightaway with tires. I just, yeah. I look at, I'm a big Austin Cindric fan and I have been for a long time, but gosh, that was just bad. I don't know, guys. Okay, Rents, you've got a question. Go ahead. All right, guys. This is the season finale for the Cup Series before we get to the playoffs. Of the guys that are out, Clint Boyer, 91 back. Eric Jones, 123 back. Joy Logano, 129 back. Out of those three, who makes it? How do they make it? And if not, do we stay the same? What do you guys think? I'll start because I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trash your how do they make it question, Rents, because there's only one answer. There is nobody mathematically able to make it on points. Everybody that is out right now must win. My answer is none of them because none of them win. Hunter. Well, I think some have a better chance than others. Um, I do not th I do not believe it will change. Um, however, don't forget Joey Logano's win this season did come at Richmond. He is going back to a track he has won at this year. Clint Boyer has run well at Richmond. And Eric Jones is really good on the short tracks. Look how he ran at Bristol. So I think they all have a good shot. But do I think any of them will get in? No, I do not. Okay. Uh, I'll go next and pass to Cisco. I say that none of them do, but Eric Jones says he will do anything to get in the playoffs. So maybe <laughs> a little bit of uh, bowling on Saturday night for the 77 if he's in position to win, Cisco? I, I got to go with Jacob here. I don't think anyone's going to sneak their way in at Richmond. I It's... It's I I think it's going to be one of the cars that's already in the chase that's going to win that race. Chase Elliott. Well, well very interesting. I, because go ahead, Rens. I'll choose I'll choose Clint Boyer, Tom. And on our Twitter page, the poll forty nine percent said nobody makes it. It's going to be the top sixteen. And when I said how, Jacob, I meant bump and run. Do you start roughing somebody up? Oh. This is oh. your only chance to make bump and the run fuel mileage. 
tires. Well, you you, you didn't spend you didn't specify. That covers all the you covered all of it, Jacob. Now you can't be wrong. Oh, I don't know. I just I think. Well, that, I said I said nobody's going to win, so it's a yeah. Point. I mean, it, I to me, I, I don't see a new winner. Um, I I see the usual suspects up front at the end: the Truexes, the Bushes, the you know Hamlins, etc. Um, you know Larsons. I don't see much changing there. So. We'll see how this goes, but it should be interesting Friday and Saturday night at Richmond. A lot of pressure for these guys who are on the bubble in both divisions. So I think you're going to see some crazy pit stop strategies. Should be a lot of fun as the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series make their way to Richmond. And um, for me, before I pass it off to Jacob to close us out, I will echo the sentiments of Hunter Smith and say that our thoughts and our prayers are with all of those in Florida and all of those throughout the Southeast, including us here in the Carolinas, who are going to be affected by what's going on with the storms. We certainly wish everyone well and safety, and we'll be praying all week long, Jacob. Yes, we will. We also want to uh, thank Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, Hunter, and Joe behind the glass for what they do in making this show possible, as well as our partners at Stock Car Steel and Aluminum, SRI Performance, and the fine folks at HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web, hmsmotorsportnos.com. And for Tom Baker... Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, Hunter Smith, and all the rest of our staff. I'm Jacob Seelen reminding you to keep it tuned to RacechaserOnline.com where we give you your motorsports your way every day. And we'll see you right back on the air next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PMN. Until then, have a safe racing weekend. Good, Good night. night. You've been listening to The Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.